In this episode 3 of the Nigerian Food Network podcast, I will be talking with Chef Taye Ajibulu of TNK Hospitality. We will focus on broadening the Nigerian food culinary culture with other cultures and their relations with Nigerian food. It's an exciting one and I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Nigerian Food Network podcast, where we share phenomenal advice and wisdom from Nigerian food entrepreneurs, professionals, chefs, bloggers, and enthusiasts making a mark in the Nigerian culinary culture. Here, we provide deep and insightful tips, tricks, and guidance to take your culinary ambitions beyond its widest goals. I am your host, Amaruyi Otalo. All right, we have live Chef Taye Ajibulu in the program. Chef Taye, welcome to the Nigerian Food Network podcast. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing tonight? Well, I hope that you're ready for this because there's a lot of information that I'm trying to draw out of you because you seem to be very um, deep into the delivery side of uh, Nigerian food. Yes. And and operating from the U.S., I know that you have a lot to offer our listeners when it comes to rental, catering and delivering of Nigerian food in the U.S. Yes. So before we start, can I just ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your origin? Uh, all right. Uh, my name is Taya Jibulu. Uh, I'm from Mundo States, Nigeria. Then I'm based, in, uh, with, I'm based with my mom in Mundo States. She has a restaurant and she has a catering company before I moved to Lagos. Then uh, to further on my cooking, I went to Yabatek. Then uh, I do just the working and going to school at the same time. So then um, I work in uh, with Baker Hotel. Then I work in a clubhouse. Then I work in uh, Radinson Blue before I move to USA. Uh, it seems like you have a really deep um, experience when it comes to working. And when did you uh, decide to become a chef? Uh, I may say I love cooking. Basically, uh, that's what my that's what we grew up, you know, doing with my mom. So I decided to fall in love with what she's doing. Then uh, from there, I'm like, okay, I need to do more than what my parents, you know, what my mom she's doing. Me and my twin brother, like, we need to do more. Then that's how I fall in love with it, and I love her recipe, what she's doing. But I just want to, you know, make it more wider, established for people to know more about uh, West African food or. Just to know more about our food, that's why I decided to do what I'm doing. So it looks like you came in with a whole mama's cooking experience. Exactly. Like America used to say, grandma recipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how long have you been doing this? I, I, I've been doing this uh, all my life. But basically, I specialize, like, you know, uh, we say continental cooking. I start from 2012. When I started working as a junior uh, commis, then from there, uh, I get promotion to junior sous chef. That's when I may say yes. I basically, you know, focus on another uh, side of cooking, which is, uh, you know, Western food. Then I went to Yabatek just to know more. I've been working in, you know, hotel, working in restaurants as well, just to go to school. I have more knowledge in business side and to have idea you know, to back myself up with some certificate. You're a professional chef? Yes. And you run this um, TK Hospitality? 
Well, tell us a little bit about more, a little bit about TK Hospitality. Yeah, we run TNK Hospitality back in uh, Nigeria. So the um, TNK stand for Thai and K stand for Kendi. Then uh, we start this business in Lagos. Um, basically, we do small jobs. Then uh, we do little little catering. It's not big like the way it, uh, the way it is now. But back home, uh, I try to combine it together with me working in hotel and doing the business outside as well. So normally we do the small shops of Spring Row and Samosa. We supply hotel, we supply rest, uh, stores. That's how we started the TNK then. It's just a little, little, you know. But now we, it's, it's going wider. So you still operate in Nigeria and the U.S. combined, or you're now focused in the U.S.? Yeah, we operate in Nigeria. So my twin brother is in Nigeria. He's the one um, doing the, um, the branch that we have in Nigeria. So what would you say are some of the challenges when it comes to um, catering and food delivery services in the U.S.? Uh, in U.S., is, uh, the, yeah, there's, uh, you know, every area have their own challenges. But let me pick it up from the challenges of uh, staff. Um, you know, here we pay per hour. So if you charge your clients how much, you know, uh, you're going to pay and all those stuff. By the time you pay your staff out of it, man, you're gonna feel like, oh wow, you know, we pay per hour, and by the time you calculate your money, everything, you have to be smart and make sure you are not, you know, you didn't run out of loss. So basically, it's just the staff that we have the challenges of by paying them. Then there are another challenges that we have is, uh, you know, we pay taxes a lot. So by the time we um, we do the invoice and other stuff, we run tasks at the end of the month or at the end of the year. Then we have some uh, another challenges that may say we have is you know dealing with Nigerians sometimes is very difficult. Like when you want to do caring for them, oh don't worry, you know it's your sister that wants to do wedding, you know those kind of stuff. Like they just want discount every way, you know. They don't want to see you like oh you are a professional person like oh, yeah you can give discount, but you know they just want to like they want to show you that you have to do. What they want, but if you now told them that, oh no, you can't do it, they're gonna feel like, oh no, bro, who are you? That you know, you know what I mean. But basically, those are the type of challenges that we have. We have customer challenge, staff challenge. Then we have, you know, government like paying taxes and other stuff challenges. Which those are the basic thing that we, you know, that we have to to focus on. So the um the I'm assuming that in this case, the your your most of your customers are Nigerians. Uh, 80% of our customer they were Nigeria, then 20% may be like, you know, other other culture. Now other cultures that like Nigerian food or you, you create other types of other cultural recipes? Yeah. Yes, we create other uh, recipes like uh, we have uh, uh, Ghana, we have uh, some, um, um, Burkina Faso lady, then the white wedding we do for white people too. Then we come out with uh, the kind of food that they like. Then um, for the other tribe, we, they, they, it may be like Nigeria, marry another another country, you know. So they would like to have both sides of the of the food. Then we decided to they may order like two or three of their food. Then I just have to do more research about it and before I present it to them. And then before they accept it, we have to give them food tasting. They're going to taste the food that we, oh, then that's okay. If they want, oh, uh, chef, please, can you add this one to read? Okay, I'm, I can ask them, 
oh, what do you think about it? Is there food? They know more about the food. Okay, do what do you want me to add to it? What do you want me to take off? So, and they may say, okay, uh, add this to this, add the spicy, add the spicy to make it more delicious or something, or take this off, take this off. So then by the time, you know, the date of their wedding or their events, everything is balanced. Yeah, tell tell me a little bit more about the other cultures that uh, patronize your Nigerian recipes. Okay. How do they receive Nigerian food when you showcase it to them? Uh, let me give you this example. There's this uh, one of our clients that got married to is it Eritrea, Eritrea or um, Ethiopia? One of them. So um, they they order for Nigerian food and they order for their cultures uh, food as well. So uh, it's a big challenge for me because I didn't know um, much about their stuff. So they just I just told them, can you give me the you know um, the name of the food and they give it to me. So I started making research about it. So then uh, I tried at home, make it several two three times. Then I say, okay, maybe taste before the food tasting when they like it. So I combine it together with Nigerian food. Uh, okay, what do they want? Uh, you know, everybody really fall in love with jollof rice. Even they're gonna feel like, oh no, they love jollof rice. And oh, they pick jollof rice. They like it. They like our food. Um, like uh, Mexican people, they like our momoy. I give them Nigerian momoy, so it look it tastes like uh, they have food that they call tamale. Tamale is like a Nigeria. It's like a Nigerian momoy. But Mexican people make it with corn. But when you see tamale, you think it's momoy. So they enjoy it, and they once you say, oh, it's like tamale. Definitely, they're familiar with it, and they're gonna feel like, okay, let me taste it. They give them courage to taste it, and they like it. And uh, our puff puff, they like our puff puff too. When you introduce them to puff puff, oh, it's like donuts hole. And they're like, oh, donuts hole. Oh, they just grab it and they taste it. Oh, this is good. They like our meat pie too. Where we say, oh, it's like uh, empanada. So we just try to relate it to what they have. Basically, it's the same thing, the same feeling. Uh, feeling may be different, but the same pastry, and they like it. So um, jollof rice is like Mexican rice. They like it. So um, by the time we give them two, three, maybe our only thing that may be different, maybe you know the toughness of uh, of kind of protein that we you know that we consume, like beef, chicken, and fish. It may be a little bit different for them. You know, they like something soft, chicken, or you know anything soft, fillet fish, and all those stuff. But by the time you give them fried fish, so, uh, you know, sauteed with stew. Chicken sauté with stew, and they biting in, they toughing with it. They were like, "Oh, it's kind of tough a little bit," but you know. So we still try to make it work for them, and they see at the end of the day, you see they're gonna have fun. And some people like our coleslaw too, you know, the kind of whatever that we pack together in our coleslaw. But when they started digging with it, they were like, "Oh, this is interesting." So they 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 fall in love with our food. Okay, so that is on the catering side what other services do you render um, in your company yeah we do uh rentals like we have uh, the equipment for catering that we rent out we have uh, plates we have a water cup then we do um shavers then we do uh food warmers then we do um, champagne flute chargers so we rent those things off tablecloths then uh napkin then some silverware, we rent those things out. So those are the things that we normally include to our packages when we, you know, when we give it to our clients. Do you do you focus on Nigerian clients? Well, when I say when I ask that, because sometimes when you're doing rentals, 
you're renting mm-hmm. things that are identify with the Nigerian culture, like the green and the white and other stuff. Do no, you no, cater no. to Nigerian stuff, Nigerian clients? No, it's not. We're not based only on uh, Nigeria. So I think last year we did like three or four weddings for white people. Sorry to say, yo, that's just like another, uh, you know, another culture. Mm-hmm. So we're not be- me. Me, I'm a I'm a professional chef. I don't base just only on Nigeria. Uh, we can do fusion Nigerian food as well. Basically, we can see you know cancel Nigerian food and do something different entirely than Nigerian food. That you know, even our Nigerian people they're like, oh no, let it spicy. So meanwhile, the recipe is not spicy, but you know, so they're still gonna like feel like, oh no, this is another people culture, and you don't want to mess up with their the way they you know prepare their their own um, cuisine. Yeah, the way they what we what we grow up to know, you know, the spice yes. and the the yeah. tough meat and all those. Um, exactly, exactly. So, do you ship across the United States? Yes. So last year we started uh, uh, shipping. So um, because of our coronavirus, and we try to reach all our customer just to you know to to see something different and you know to bring more idea into our business. So we come up with a shipping idea, shipping food. So basically what we do with that is uh, we cook the food, depend on, you go to our website, you place an order, then we receive it. So when we receive the order in our email, then we print it out, we see the how many order that we have, then we you know put it down, we start the cooking, we ship once in a week, which is on Monday, then we do the prep, cooking and everything from you know from Monday to I mean from Tuesday to like uh, Sunday or to like Mm-hmm. Basically, we give two, three days for the food to be freezing in the in the freezer. So by the time we cook the food, we let it room temperature cool down. Then we bag it. Then we vacuum it very well. So once we vacuum it, then we lay it label and everything on it. Then we put it in the freezer. Once we give it two, three days to froze, then we we package everything. All the other is gonna go go according to the the way they you know the way they place it. Then we put sticker on it. Then we put some high packaging. Our packaging is very nice. When you open it, you're gonna feel like, wow, what is this? You know, you know, first you're not gonna even think oh, it's food. You know what I mean? <laughs> not until you started digging inside, you're like, wait, is it food? So you know, we just make it look presentable, you know, for people to receive it. Then um, by the time we package it, we send it out to uh, shipping company. Then they send it out to any state that order it. Depend on it, you know, depend on. Uh, the city or the uh, the state that the the client is living in, then we decided to that would determine how long they're gonna receive it. So if you live closer to us, you receive it early. If you live far from us, uh, we may give you two three days before you receive it, and uh, you're gonna receive it in good condition. You know, to still gonna be well preserved. Immediately when you receive your package, we advise we put some um, food uh, instruction inside how to you know. To labor, uh, to reheat it, how uh, to preserve it, to keep it going. Then you keep it in the freezer or you keep it in the fridge, depending on what you order. So I'm assuming that uh, in this case you ship early in the week to give it that time, so it doesn't yes. uh, spill over through the weekend. Because exactly. Uh, right. So um, apart from that, because that that obviously stops. Like you don't want some packages to be sitting in the delivery service on Sunday to be delivered on Monday. That's one whole day that you have to um, prepare for preservation. What other exactly. challenges do you find when it comes to shipping food to other areas? 
Yeah, there's, a, there's even even the one that closer to us. We still have some challenges. You know, there is no business that doesn't have you know good and the bad side sometimes. So for the shipping, we have uh, I think like two two weeks ago we have some challenges in terms of we're trying to ship uh, food for one client because I don't know you know maybe shipping uh, UPS or USPS or whatever they make a. You, maybe it's from that force they delay the shipping, then the food defroze. Then they just say, "Oh no, we trash the food." They just say, oh, "We trash your package." You know, in that case, we have to resend another package. So we even try to contact them, like you know, whether you return it back to us. We know the problem that I have in case of next time we're gonna see. Okay, this how we're gonna pack it or something. But they just say, "Oh, they trash it." So we have to resend another order for the clients, make sure it's well packed, make sure it's well sealed, then um, so that they can receive it on time. What we normally do, if someone have um, order that we know is very fragile, then we advise them to to do next day delivery, so so that they can receive it on time, something like that. By the time maybe you order like fresh produce like uh, meat or you order fish, something like that, that we know is very you know. If it's not well in a uh, normal temperature that's supposed to be, it may go bad. We just say, okay, if you if you're not gonna take a next day delivery, then we're not gonna, you know, take your order from you. Just to be on the safe side. I read through your profile on your Instagram and on your website, and it seems like you take a lot of pleasure in distributing African Nigerian food. Is that a goal, or you just focused on the business side? Um. I focus on mostly on the business side, like, you know, and it's something that I enjoy doing, like Nigerian food or West African food. It's just for me, like, we, we, uh, it's for people to know exactly who we are. Like, this food is so, so much enjoyable, so much passion in it, so much flavorful than most, some other food that we are eating in, you know, on planets today. For me, why nobody know much about it. It's only jollof rice or fufu. That's what they just know. Nowhere we have a lot of other stuff out there. So that's why we, me and my wife just to make sure we present something good for people to see. And wherever you are, we don't want like um, distance causing barrier or whatever. We just make sure you get what you, you get it. You just get it. So what has influenced your whole chef career and your business? Do you have someone that you look up to? Um. Yeah. Um. Beginning, uh, first and foremost, let me say my mom. She's my, uh, she's the beginning of my career because she's the one that started cooking. Then she's from her, I learn, I pick it up. So that's from the beginning. But for the future, that I may say the the people that I'm looking up to, those are the top chef out there that I give respect to all of them. Gordon Ramsay, uh, a lot of chefs that I know. White Chef Whiting, uh, Chef Sebastian, Chef uh, Hayo, I look up to them. You know, they were they were they were doing good in the feed, and I'm still planning to do more. You know, above what they were doing, just to have you know to be there as well. So I have this um, set of questions I like to ask. I like this is the fun part of the whole podcast. All right. you, I'm going to ask you uh, five questions. You don't have right. you don't have a lot of time to think about it. I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. So, what is one food you cook that you don't like to eat? Okra. 
What's your number one ingredient that you have to have in your kitchen? Herbs. Where do you spend most of your social media time? Facebook. Which Nigerian food will you not be able to live without? Swallow food, like a bam and a mala. Oh, I did good. <laughs> <laughs> you did good. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, so uh, if uh, if someone wants to find you or want to patronize your business, where they, where can they find you? Uh, you can go to Facebook and your city and K Hospitality, or you can go to Instagram to tnkhospitality.com, or you can go to our website, tnkhospitality.com as well. Uh, you can see, we are all there. But what would you say to someone that is just starting out? Number one, I don't don't be discouraged. Even we that we you know that we say we have experience on it, we have difficulty. So when you do it first time, don't be discouraged. When you reject first time, don't be discouraged. Keep doing it. The more that you do it, the more that you're gonna have experience on it. That's number one. Number two is um, a rich people that you know they've been doing it before. You know, like uh, Clubhouse now. You see, we have a lot of advice from there and we gain a lot of stuff from there as well so and uh, make sure that you're consistent in what you are doing in terms of your cooking flavor and everything make sure you are consistent that one is number one so once your food taste is not changed your customers still like it even though if you if you have difficulty maybe but from shipping or something some they will understand you but what they want is that just your food because they know your capability, they know what you can do. So don't be discouraged. Just keep you know, keep fire. By the time you know, you're gonna be out there. Wow, that's really good. That's really, really good. All right, uh, Chef Taye Ajebulu. I, I, yes. I'm sure I pronounced that properly. It's been yes, a you. pleasure to have you on on the Nigerian Food Network podcast. Uh, I hope to you know follow up on you some other sometime in the future to get um see where you are and how your business is doing. All right. Thank you so much. And I'm really happy to be on your podcast. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Chef Taye of T&K Hospitality. Thank you for coming on the show. If you want to learn more about Chef Taye, visit NigerianFoodNetwork.com forward slash Chef Taye. The show notes will have all the links you need. Also, if you have not followed this podcast yet, please do so. It helps us to grow. And take a minute to leave a review. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I will see you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Nigerian Food Network Podcast. Be sure to head on to NigerianFoodNetwork.com slash podcast for show notes and links to all that was mentioned in this episode. And please subscribe and leave a review if you found this episode helpful. Until next time, Make the best out of your day.